it's as close to time travel as we're going to get. This Week in Music History with Marty Miller. Hello, that would be me then. And I want to dedicate this week our podcast to our very special friends and listeners in Finland. According to the podcast stats, there are three people who listen to this podcast in Finland. Please, if you are one of them, reach out. Tell me who you are, because I'm intrigued. I need to know why you're there. My email address is marty, M-A-R-T-Y, at nova.ie. And anyone, anyone is free to use that and tell me what they think of the podcast, what you want more of, what you want less of. Uh, Hello as well to the three people in Wisconsin who listen to the podcast. 13 in the States in all checked out last week's one. It, It... baffles me and I love it too that kind of techie stat stuff alright then let's do the time travel one bloke remembers the last ever Doors show this week in 1970 Sean Ryder was out of pocket in 1999 and Paul McCartney played his last show of the 20th century we're looking at December 12th until 16th in music history this week in music history a week in less than 10 minutes 1970 the Doors played what would be their last ever live show with Jim Morrison when they played in New Orleans and this journalist listener gig attender remembered us once inside it, the whole world was shut off out there and this was a different atmosphere right and for some reason you didn't have to worry about the police. I don't know, I always call it like a big dope dip. It was this week back in 1985 that we said goodbye to the Scottish keyboard player Ian Stewart. He died of a heart attack. Uh, He actually died of a heart attack in a doctor's waiting room. Co-founder of the Rolling Stones, he played on all of the Stones albums between 64 and 1983. He also played piano on Led Zeppelin's Rock and Roll and Boogie with Stew from physical graffiti. Of course, he always felt that he got no luck in at all. Well, if I didn't like him, I wouldn't have got him. I never get any credit for doing anything in this band, but it was me that that um, rather got Mick Taylor in this. I mean, there wasn't really very many choices. It was going to be him, and my other choice was Ronnie Woods at the at the time. So Ronnie Lane said, oh, for Christ's sake, don't pinch him. He's a, a, you know, we need him sort of thing. And so I then thought about Mick Taylor and, and Jagger didn't even realise who he was. This week in 1966, on December 13th, Jimi Hendrix made his TV debut on ITV's Ready, Steady, Go. A great record, actually. It's called Hey Joe by the Jimi Hendrix Experience. <laughs> To 1999 we go and Happy Monday singer Sean Ryder is officially out of pocket. 160 grand to his ex-management team over a dispute in his contract. Ryder said that he was so high after a joint he didn't bother to read the small print and the court was told the contract had done his nut in. Mind you, Sean always claimed to work very, very hard. You see, the thing was, there was none, there was none of this with us. There was no, hey, let's get a job as well as doing this because if it doesn't work, we've always got this to be backed up and we'll, we'll get this career going in that and then we'll we'll make this pay for that while we finance our being in a band. So you had to be at your band, you know, 
365, and there was no, I'm going off to work a shift in that thing there. You know, to, to uh, it was like, we're into it. Zipping through a week in a matter of minutes. This Week in Music History, the podcast. 1979, The Clash gave us their third studio album, London Calling. Mick Jones remembers working with Joe Strummer. Well, we had a fantastic songwriting partnership, and... Um, that went on for the whole time that we were working together, really. I mean, it was like a very, very special lyricist. He was a very talented lyricist. He was like one of the best around, you know what I mean? And I sort of used to do mostly the music, but we were very close as a professional relationship. Imagine getting a lot of people to stay quiet for a very long time. In 1980, Yoko Ono called on fans to observe 10 minutes of silence in memory of John Lennon, who'd been shot the week before. 30,000 gathered outside St George's Hall in Liverpool, nearly 100,000 at the memorial in New York's Central Park. Well, this week in 1999, Paul McCartney appeared at the Cavern Club in Liverpool. 300 people watched Paul with David Gilmour, Deep Purple drummer Ian Pace and Mick Green of Johnny Kidd and the Pirates. This would be Paul's last gig of the year and of the 20th century. Very strange story from 1944 and a bit of a guilty pleasure, to be honest. I love this kind of music. American big band musician, arranger, composer and band leader Glenn Miller was killed when his aircraft disappeared over the English Channel. He'd been on his way to entertain with the orchestra uh, troops fighting in World War II. The plane he never found. To 1990 and Rod Stewart marries New Zealand model Rachel Hunter in Beverly Hills. Rod is quoted at the time saying, I found the girl that I want. I won't be putting my banana in anybody's fruit bowl from now on. So that was 1990. They split in 1999 because the banana was been put. When Rachel went home on the announcement of the marriage, she went home alone to New Zealand to face the media and to fly the flag for the relationship. Rod wasn't here. He did the right thing, stayed away. This was Rachel's moment, a chance to answer those who say the marriage won't last. A chance to answer those who say she was second choice. <laughs> and this wedding is no rebound either on anyone's part. You know, you know it's an insult to me that Everyone said that he had asked someone else to marry him before me, so it's all not true. It's no rebound. <laughs> Zipping through a week in a matter of minutes. This Week in Music History, the podcast. In 1974 this week, Mick Taylor of the Rolling Stones announced he'd done his days in the Stones. It was time to move on and do something new. Ron Wood tells the story. Marshall Chess and Mick Taylor were in the front seat, talking very sort of, whispering and sort of very heavy and all this. I wondered what was going on. And apparently that night he told him he was leaving and I knew nothing about it. 
the Stones didn't want to break up the faces. They didn't want to say, hey, Woody, you know, leave that lot, come with us. But which did you is, think? Which was very you? nice of them, really. Yes. They could have been cutthroat about it. For sure. Finally, let's talk David Bowie. In 2021, a 56-year-old demo of David Bowie is on the auction block. Expected to sell for around 12 grand, it ends up selling for about 15. One of a kind, very rare recording of David Bowie from 1965, back then when he fronted the band as Davy Jones and the Lower Third. Davy Jones, of course, being David Bowie's real name. Mind you, he was always one for changing things up. I find that I'm a, a person who um, can um, take on the guises of, of different people that I meet. I can switch accents in, in seconds of meeting somebody and I can adopt their accent. I've always found that I collect. I'm a collector. It's as close to time travel as we're going to get. This Week in Music History with Marty Miller. And that is a look at This Week in Music History from December 12th until December 16th. Thanks a lot for listening and don't forget, reach out, say hello, marty at nova.ie.